Matthew 6, 18 through 20 says this. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves can break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin and rust do not destroy, where thieves cannot break in and steal. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, I just uh, thank you so much, God, for everything that you've done, uh, God, in our life, and uh, God, you continue to do, Lord, in our church, and God, I just pray that tonight, Father, that um, God, that you will be high and lifted up, God, that you will be glorified, Lord, just thank you so much, God, for the the young children, God, that got up here and just served you, Father, God, I just pray that, um, God, you would just continue, Lord, just to do a mighty work tonight. Just, uh, God, that you would just uh, change hearts tonight, God, that, that people that, God, that came in tonight, God, they would leave, God, different people. They would leave changed people, God. Lord, I know that you can do a lot in 30 minutes, Lord. I just pray, God, that you would just continue, God, to mold us and to shape us into the men and women of God that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, come on, do better than that, amen. Awesome. Give me some house lights if y'all don't mind. It's a little dark out there. I can't see y'all's beautiful faces back there. So give me some house lights, please. 2,000 years ago... Jesus took just some ordinary men, just some plain, ordinary men, 12 disciples. These were, in modern day terms, they were hillbillies. They were rednecks. They were just country folk. They were just simple folk. They were common fishermen. They were net casters. They were tax collectors. And God did miracles through their lives. Literally, God had a special call on their lives, just like he has a special call on your life today. Miracles happened. They, for three years, the, the disciples traveled with Jesus everywhere he went, saw unbelievable things, unimaginable things, things we can't wrap our minds around. Literally, people that, that couldn't speak spoke. Literally, people who couldn't walk got up and walked. Literally, people who could not, I mean, even, even see what light looks like. They were, they were born blind. Literally, the disciples saw miracles. They saw incredible things. They were just ordinary people. said, David, I want God to use me in that way. What's crazy is 2,000 years ago is when the disciples encountered Jesus. And then the revolution of Christianity began. The early church was birthed and the Holy Spirit came down. Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, and the Holy Spirit came and and people heard um, the gospel in their native tongue and their language and everyone heard the gospel. And the disciples did just incredible things that outlived their life. 2,000 years later, two millenniums later, here we are today Northridge Church and the Fine Arts Center, we're worshiping God, singing about Jesus. Cody is, is, is telling us that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to what? The scriptures. According to the scriptures. Did the disciples know that they were going to be in, in, in the book called the Holy Bible 2,000 years later, that what they were doing day in and day out? Did they know that two millenniums later that people across the planet would be worshiping and singing and preaching about the one that they followed for three years? It's just, it, it, just it, it boggles my mind. It's crazy to think about. You may be in some book someday. You may be in a story someday. You may be in a sermon someday. The way we live our life now, it matters, guys. You must outlive your life. I want y'all to say that with me. Outlive your life. Oh, come on. Everybody participate. Outlive your life. That's what we're talking about tonight. Outliving our own lives. I love what Jesus says there. He says, do not store up for yourself treasures here on earth. Why did Jesus say that to the disciples? It's the same reason why you tell your kids, hey, don't jump off that. Why? Because you know they're going to do it. Hey, don't you watch. Why? Because you know they're going to do it. Hey, don't you speak to him. Because you know they're going to do it. We have a sin nature in us. A sin nature. Selfishness. Pride. It's within our human DNA. It's in our sin nature. So Jesus tells the disciples, don't store up for yourself treasures here on earth. We're all guilty. Amen. We're all guilty of that. Oh, man, that's the American dream that we've all bought into. Get the big job, making the big money, have all the big toys. 
I saw a bumper sticker on a jacked up truck one time down in South Alabama. It said, whoever dies with the most toys wins. Sorry, hillbilly, redneck dude from L.A., lower Alabama. You ain't got it right. Sorry, that's not right. Whoever dies with the most stuff wins. Sorry, but that's not it. I've been to three funerals this year. Three funerals I've been to this year. And at the graveside, they dig a hole three foot by seven foot, and it's eight foot deep. There's no room for anything else. It's just you in your casket. That's all they got room for. That's it. There is, there's no room for anything else. What we accumulate in this life, you say, yeah, but David, I want to I collect things. I want to have a, you know, a collector's edition Harley Davidson, or I want to have a collector's edition um, you know, Chevy Impala or SS Supersport. I want to pass it down to my kids. You know, my grand, I'm going to restore something. And I'm going to pass it down to my kids. The best thing you can pass down to your kids is a biblical worldview, is a Christian worldview, is good Christian morals, Christian values. That's the greatest thing you can pass down to your children. Who cares if you got a bank account with, with five grand or 10 grand or 20 grand in it for your grandchildren, for your children. The best investment you could ever make is the word of God in their life. Okay, one person got amen. Thank you, Big Steve, because you had poured into my life, Big Steve. I got amen from my own daddy. Amen to that. That's what I'm talking about. I knew I had one fan out there. Just one. That's all. I got Jesus. That's two. Or Trinity. Three. So four. Okay, here we go. Um, but guys, leave a legacy. Okay, now I got to laugh. Now we're going to have a good time. I broke the ice, finally. Man, I was going to crack some corny Joel Osteen joke, but I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to copy him. But he's got some pretty funny jokes at the beginning, right? But we need to leave a legacy, guys. What, what you pass on to this next generation, it matters. What you pass on, Jaqueline, to your, your younger sister, it matters. It matters, man. What we do in this lifetime, it matters. Jesus said, don't store it for yourselves, treasures here on earth. Why? Because, you know, it's, it's, it's temporary, we're just passing through, guys. I told my students this past Wednesday, they said, David, what's that cool logo on your Bible? I said, oh, you mean that? It does look pretty cool, don't it? It's pretty sweet. It's a company called Not of This World, N-O-T-W. It's a sweet little logo. And in, in, in the Gospel of John, Jesus says, I am not of this world just as you are not of this world. This isn't our home, guys. We're not going to be here forever. You're just passing through. And what you do in this life for Jesus is all that matters. It doesn't matter how much, how much money you got in a bank account somewhere or in a Roth IRA or a 401k or none of that stuff matters at the end of the day. What matters is what you've stored up, what you've been treasuring in heaven on the other side to do good deeds for him. What will people say at your funeral? First funeral I ever spoke at was this year. And it was uh, one of my good friends, my daddy's best friend, Mr. Billy Brantley. Some of y'all were there. Some of y'all worked with him. And uh, I didn't have to think very hard on what to say, even though it was my first funeral. And I was, I mean, I was, I was nervous. I mean, it was the first time I ever spoke at a funeral, ever. And I was super nervous. But, man, I got up there in confidence and just bragged on what Mr. Billy stood for. Good American, hard work ethic. Just a good Christian man. Loved Jesus. Loved the Lord. Told his family about Jesus. Took his family to church every Sunday. I didn't have to think very hard on what to say. It just came out naturally. What are people going to say? What's the preacher going to say at your funeral? Or better, yeah, I love, I love the way my daddy does funerals. He always, always, he always has a friend or a relative of the, of the person who died. He has a friend, a family member come up and speak and give their testimony on their loved one. I love that. What are people going to say about you? You saw the video. Food, clothes, money, trucks, tires, they all wear out. They all, everything breaks. Everything's headed to the same place, the junkyard. It doesn't matter what emblem's on the front. Listen, I've had Ford, I've had Chevy, I've had Dodge. They all break down. They do. 
If you want a car, don't break down. Get a Toyota. That's all I got to say. Amen. Yeah, some of y'all, Doug's got a truck. Listen, Doug Riddick's got a Toyota with a 22R motor, five-speed. That sucker's got, what, 400 and something thousand miles on it, doesn't it, Doug? Never been in the shop. Never had any major mechanical issues. So on the eighth day, God made Toyota. That's all I can say. Do things that have an eternal impact. Do things that have an eternal impact. But I think sometimes we think, well, David, my life doesn't matter. I'm not a disciple. I'm not an apostle. I didn't see Jesus. I didn't walk with Jesus. I didn't see miracles that Jesus performed. I can't be used like the disciples. I'm just a normal, ordinary Pike County, Meriwether County, Talbot County, Upson County, uh, Monroe County resident. I'm just a normal guy, no, a normal gal. God can't use me like he used the disciples. We think we're not good enough. We think we're inadequate. We think, well, I'm not worthy. I've got too much sin in my life. I've made too many bad decisions. God can't use me to outlive my life. He can't use me to make a difference. He can't use me to make an impact in this world for him. Yes, he can. You are worth something. You are worth so much that he died for you, but he didn't stay dead. He rose for you. People say all the time, Jesus died for you. Man, that's good news. Jesus did die for me. What? So he died for me? That's it? A lot of people could lay their life down and die for you. Jesus rose for you. He took to the next level. If you look up the word resurrection in the dictionary, go to www.dictionary.com. Look up in Webster. Look up in all the, the secular definition for resurrection. Go look it up. It says, when Christ rose from the grave. That's the secular, worldly definition of resurrection. There is no other person that rose from the grave. So Jesus is in all the secular dictionaries. I've looked it up. He rose for you. You're more than a conqueror through Christ. God does want to use you. Everybody hold out your hands and look at them. Look at your hands. No, I'm not a palm reader. I've already got your uh, money on the way in. But listen, look at your palm. Look at the design of your palm. If, you, if there's somebody beside you, don't touch them, but just kind of glance over and cheat a little bit. Look at, their, look at their palms. Look at the lines. All of y'all's palms are different. There, are, there is no fingerprint. There's no palm print alike. Seven billion people on the planet right now. Seven billion. No two palms are alike. Look at your hands. Keep looking at them. This is going to be weird. This is going to be one of the weirdest things you've ever done. But you're going to say this to yourself. Say, God made me. To be a difference maker. Look at your hands. Because this is what we work, guys. Our hands, our feet. We're the hands and feet of Jesus. We're the body of Christ. Look at your hands. Say, God made me to be a difference maker. You were made. Please hear me, church. You were made to make a difference. You were designed by a holy God to worship him, to, to give your life to him, to have a relationship, have communion with him, and then go and tell everybody about him. It's so simple, guys. It is so simple. Your life does matter. God wants to use your talents, your abilities, your skills. He wants to use you for his glory. It doesn't matter what you do. Whatever your business is, whatever your job is, that's your ministry. That's your outlet to bring people to know Jesus. That's, there are people in this room, I'm not going to embarrass them, but I know them for sure. There are people in this room, they own a business, they have brought their co-workers into, into, the, into the church, into the gathering here to worship Jesus. They've heard the gospel preached and they have got saved. That's ministry. That is ministry in and of itself to invite your co-workers, students, invite your teammates, invite your classmates, not just to hear, invite them to FCA club at school. Invite them to, to Bible study on, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays when Jaqueline and Maddie Pollard do a Bible study on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, do a prayer service. Invite them to come to that at the high school. Middle schools, there's middle schoolers that, listen, about a month ago, Logan Gordy invited me to come on a Wednesday to the Upson Lee Middle School, okay? 
the student led. The students get together, they get in the library, and they read the Word of God. And there's one teacher over there that can play the guitar. Man, that joker can sing like Johnny Cash. I mean, he sounds awesome. It's really cool. But he led worship. Logan asked me to do the devotion. I did the devotion. 17 students got saved on a Wednesday morning at Upsonley Middle School. 17 I, I, on a middle school, at a public school, in the, in the library at 7.35 in the morning. I, I had to set like four alarms to get up that morning. I'm like, but I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go do this devotion. It's going to be awesome. God's going to do something great. I didn't know 17 people were going to get saved that morning before 8 o'clock, before I even had breakfast. I mean, guys, God wants to use you students to bring people in. Invite them to those type things. Invite them to, it doesn't matter the church. We're all on the same team. It doesn't matter where you go. Just go and learn the word of God, worship him, and then go tell people about it. It's simple. Outlive your life. Make a difference. Make an impact. Don't think that just these little things you do don't matter. Yes, it does matter. Your life matters. Your whole life matters. You are loved by your creator. I love Matthew 5, 16. You don't have to turn there. Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light shine before men so that they may see your good deeds and then glorify your Father in heaven. Let me read it again. Matthew 5, 16. Let your light shine before men so that they, the men, the people, the people in the world, he's talking to disciples here. Remember, Jesus said, I am the light of the world, but then he turns around a paragraph later and says, now you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. You have the light of Jesus. You have the Holy Spirit in your life. It's going to come out. And if it's not coming out, you need to question your salvation. If you're not doing anything for the glory of God, you're not sharing your faith. You're not witnessing. You're not worshiping. You're not serving him. You need to question yourself. You need to have a self-examination. But he says, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. What I love about that is it says, let your light shine. Shine, shine. When is the light necessary? In darkness? Well, guess what? The world is dark and depraved, full of sinful people. Everywhere there's a person, there's sin. There's darkness everywhere. In the school system, at your job, uh, at the work site, uh, some people in their homes, there's darkness. Why? Because there's people there. And people have the sin nature. We, we failed God miserably in the garden, Adam and Eve. And because Adam and Eve sinned, sin entered the world through him. Therefore, everyone has sinned. We're all guilty. So there's darkness everywhere. So Jesus says, go let your light shine. If there's darkness everywhere, guess what? There needs to be light everywhere. Every avenue of life, there needs to be a Christian. There needs to be a Christian in every club represented in that school system. There needs to be a Christian in every classroom that you teach. There needs to be a Christian in every bank that's represented here, in every job that's represented here. There needs to be a Christian in every state representative in the government office. There needs to be a Christian on every travel ball team. There needs to be a Christian everywhere, guys, because there's darkness everywhere. Everywhere. He says, let your light shine before men so that what? So that they would see your good deeds. Good deeds matter. Deeds don't save you. We learned that in, in James uh, in community groups. Y'all remember a couple few weeks back in community groups? They were talking about faith without works is what? Yeah, it's dead. It's, it means nothing. It's totally dead, totally lifeless, no breath, no, no blood in your lung, nothing. You're dead. Your faith means nothing if it doesn't produce Good deeds, good works. That's how you prove to the world. And we're not out to prove, oh, watch me, I'm a Christian. No, no, it's just a genuineness. Man, I love Jesus. I want to serve the world. I want to serve others. I hope people see the light of Jesus in me. Not so I get a pat on the back, but so people turn, like it says in Matthew 5, 16, so that you see the, that, I'll turn the page. <laughs> Let your light shine for others so that they will see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Don't laugh at me, Ryan. I see you over there laughing at me. I messed up. Huh? It's all good. The purpose of good deeds is to not show the world God's, is, is to show the world God's love so that they will see your good deeds and not turn to glorify you, 
but glorify God in heaven. You think down, David, how can I make an impact? The world is so depraved. The world is so dark. You're right. Check on the news channel. Scroll down Facebook news feed and see these news channels that are posting things. Every single week, hundreds of people are being kidnapped. Hundreds of people are being persecuted. ISIS is, is going crazy and they're, they're, they're kidnapping innocent young men, women, and children and they're torturing them. And they're it is crazy. The, Jesus never said it was going to be easy. He said it was going to be hard. We're, we have no idea what persecution means. No idea. Well, they said something bad about me on Facebook. Suck it up. Jesus said you will face tribulation. You will face heartache. So what? They're getting killed for their faith, and we're complaining, well, someone gossiped about me. Someone didn't compliment on my outfit today. You know, the people, are, their lives are being taken from them. Hundreds of people a day, thousands of people a week are being persecuted for their faith. And you think, David, how can I make an impact? How can I outlive my life when the world is so in need? The world is so hungry. The world is so desperately poor. Let me read some statistics for you. Three billion people are desperately poor in the world. Three billion people are desperately poor in the world. What do you mean desperately poor? Here's the definition of desperately poor. That, that, that three billion people live off of less than $3 a week in the world. There's 7 billion, by the way, 7 billion people in the world. 3 billion, almost half, live off of less than $3 a week. We can't even, we can't even comprehend that, y'all. I mean, we go to McDonald's and get a dollar McDouble, dollar fry, and a dollar sweet tea, right? It's three twenty-one. I know that because that's plus tax. <laughs> and here's the deal. Here's the deal. That takes... Five minutes out of your day, and that's one meal. Boom. And then it's like the next day, the next day, somewhere else, Zaxby's, and we're going to Captain D's, and we're going here, and we're eating at home. We're eating leftovers. Huh. There's a plug for my wife. We're eating leftovers. We're eating leftovers because we love leftovers, and we love leftovers. And here's the deal. <laughs> here's the deal. <laughs> I forgot where I was going. <laughs> I brought my sweat rag this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, y'all think I'm old school. But they live off of less than $3 a week. We can't even comprehend that, y'all. Almost half the world live off of less than $3 a week. We're supposed to outlive our life. We're supposed to make a difference. We're supposed to help people. One billion people. Check this out. One billion people are considered starving in the world, meaning they only eat one to two meals a month. So a billion people tonight, as we go lay our heads down tonight and go to sleep, one billion people will go to bed hungry tonight, literally starving to death, literally. This one makes you real sad. 27,000 children die every day around the world from preventable diseases. That's a kid every three seconds die from preventable diseases. We have the cure. We know how to cure them. We have the medicine, but we just, we store up for ourselves treasures on this earth, right? And we don't store up for our tre ourselves treasures in heaven. I want to tell you about a kid. We're going to watch a video. I want to tell you about a kid. His name's Austin. He's 10 years old. He's from South Tennessee. Just a normal old kid. Just a normal old athlete. We're going to watch a video, show his testimony. He wanted to outlive his life, and guess what? He is outliving his life. He's made a difference. He's making an impact in ways you can't even begin to understand. Y'all check this out. Well, in 2004, I had seen a video talking about a girl who lost her parents due to AIDS. And I learned that 
There are 15 million kids just like her. I was very much so moved to action just because I realized that we do have a lot more here. And you don't really realize that, I guess, until you, until you look around and you see that there are people who are a lot less fortunate than us. As a nine-year-old, I didn't know what I could do to make a difference. And we kind of looked around and there was nothing for, for kids to do. And so I was just encouraged to start something of my own and to use my favorite sport to make a difference. And that's kind of how Hoops of Hope came into play. I decided to shoot baskets and raise money, kind of like a, a walkathon. Kids will go out and they'll get sponsors, you know, from their friends, their family, their grandparents, and then they'll come together on one day and shoot their hoops. That very first event, I actually, it was just me shooting hoops. And I had found out that every 14 seconds, another one of these children is orphaned because of HIV and AIDS. And I learned that 2,057 kids are actually orphaned during my school day. So that's how many shots I decided to shoot that day was 2,057. And I hope to raise that much money as well. And it turns out that I raised about $3,000 that very first year. After I had done that first event that first year, I realized that a lot of other kids would want to participate. Pretty soon the idea caught on. In the six years that Hoops of Hope has been going on, we've had about 40,000 people shoot free throws with us in over 20 different countries, and we've been able to raise about $2 million, all to provide a school, two medical clinics, four dormitories, a whole water project in Kenya, basically just to help ease the light for these kids, and, and our whole purpose is to help those who are orphaned by AIDS. I'll tell you what, there are, there are children with their parents today, there are people that are alive today, uh, there are children that have a hope for a future today because of Austin and Hoops of Hope and all the thousands of kids that have just stepped up to the free throw line and, and given it their best shot. I can't imagine how one person can be able to change the life of many, many people uh, in this country. A big thank you to Hoops of Hope for saving the people of Snazongwe, for saving life for the Zambians, for saving life for the majority in this area. I absolutely believe that, that kids have the power to change the world. Not only that, I believe that they have the power to do it now. That they don't have to wait to be a certain age to make a difference. That they can do something now. Hey Amen. Um, Hoops of Hope started just a few years ago. Like you said, they've raised over $2 million. I researched, they've raised almost $3 million now. And uh, all they're doing is he's using his gifts, his talents, his ability, his desires to get up to the free throw line and take his best shot and encouraging his friends. Over 40,000 people have taken this challenge. More than 22 countries now have, to have, have helped raise funds to help uh, Hoops of Hope. And I just want to encourage you guys as the band comes, I just want to encourage y'all to figure out what is your gift? What can you do to help outlive your life? Because here's the deal, check it out. Two orphanages, four dorms, two medical clinics. He helped plant a church in Zambia as well. He, a whole water project in Kenya. He, he's plant hospitals. He started all this stuff. And he said, this kid, this kid, this kid. It's, it's the Holy Spirit. It's God through this young man. He's given him the desire to outlive his life. Those hospitals are going to be up and running long after Austin is dead and gone. Those churches, people are going to be preaching in the pews. And, and people are going to be preaching in the pews. That would be weird. Right? Preaching on stages. People are going to be in the pews worshiping and listening to the word of God long after Austin is dead and gone. Those medical clinics are going to help hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people in his lifetime. And they're going to be standing years after Austin is dead and gone. He is outliving his life. He is making a difference. He is making an impact. So what's your gift? 
What are your talents? What are your abilities? Maybe you say, David, it's, it's, it's weird thinking about, but really just sit back and just observe your life. Where has God brought you through? Where has he brought you from? What are you doing right now? Are you a people person or you sit back and you're just more observant? Maybe you have a gift of discernment. Maybe you have a gift of wisdom. Maybe it's teaching. Maybe it's evangelism. You look in the scriptures, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, it says there's the spiritual gifts of discernment and wisdom and faith and teaching and helping and hospitality. Ephesians 4 says there's gifts of evangelism, gifts of being a pastor, a teacher, speaking different languages. Romans 12, the gift of giving, leadership, mercy, prophecy, serving, and teaching. Guys, we all have a gift. We all have a gift. We have to use that to impact the world. Use that to outlive your life. 1 Peter 4.10 says this as the band begins. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Listen to that again. Listen to that. Each person should use whatever gift. In other words, you've got a gift. If you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit has deposited within you abilities and gifts to do something with his gift. Do something for the word, for the word of God. Each one of you should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Tonight, I just simply want you to know. God wants to use you. Does he need us? No, he doesn't need us. He didn't lift a finger in creating all the galaxies in the world, all the stars. He didn't use, he didn't, he didn't need anything. He wants you. He desires you. He wants you to outlive your life. Guys, we've got to let go of things. I'm just as guilty as anyone in here of holding on to stuff and wanting possessions and wanting stuff and things. We got to realize, man, there's so much bigger than that passing down a, a vehicle, or passing down a home, or passing down a, a bank account to somebody, that doesn't last, guys. It's all going to be destroyed. Rust is going to destroy it. Moths are going to eat it. Vermins are going to destroy it. What you need to pass down to your children, to your grandchildren, is the Word of God. That's what we need to invest in our people. That's what we need to invest in our church and the next generation. The younger girls and the younger boys, we need to invest in them the Word of God. BCF, the motto is changing the world through the unchanging word. This book never changes from past to future to present. This book is always this book. What it says is true. It doesn't matter what I say or you say or how we feel about it. What this book says is what it says. It's true. Jesus is the way. He is the truth and he is the life. And we got to go and tell a lost and dying world, a depraved and dark generation. We've got to go share the message of Jesus, church. We have to. It's up to us. We have to outlive our lives. We have to make an impact. If we don't, who will? We have to make a difference in our community. If we don't, who will? The community will just fall. There will be nothing in Thomaston. That Thomaston will not exist in 50 years if we don't invest into it. If we and it's David, oh, we got to invest in businesses, man. The word of God. Let God do what he wants to do. If he wants to rise up leaders and businesses and more teachers and schools, that's up to him. We just got to invest the word of God into our young people, into our families. That's all that matters. Evan's going to sing, Lord, I need you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Is that the cry of your heart tonight? Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Because you need him to outlive your life. You must have the Holy Spirit of God inside of you to outlive your life, to give it your all, to take your best shot. All that matters is what you do for Jesus, guys. That's all that matters. You can gain a whole world and still die and bust hell wide open. You can gain the whole world and still forfeit your soul. You need Jesus. Not because you may die in a car wreck on the way home, but guess what? That might happen. No, no, no. You 
You need Jesus because you just might live tomorrow. That's why you need him because you got to get up and you got to go to work and you got to be a light in a dark place. You got to go share your faith. You got to go witness to your friends. You got to go invite your coworkers to hear the word of God. You have to because that's the only thing that will make a difference in their life is the word of God. Every head bowed and every eye closed. We're going to sing this song, Lord, I need you. I don't want you to get up until you have done business with God. What do you mean do business with God, David? Maybe you're not out living your life. You're not making a difference. Maybe you don't, maybe you're not really making an impact where you are, but you want to start tonight. You say, I want to get up in the morning, David, and I want to give it my best shot, and I want to do my very best, and I want to be a greater Christian. I want to be a greater co-worker, a greater employer. I want to invest the word of God into my friends, into my complete strangers I don't even know. I want to start out living my life. I want to invest a biblical worldview into my children. I want to invest a Christian worldview into my grandkids. I want to start out living my life. But just tell God your heart. As we start to sing, don't stand up and worship until you've done business with him. Maybe there's sin in your life.